is this is uh, this is no laugh track podcast episode one eleven and we're rolling here. Thank you to Circle of Heat for uh, letting us play the music there. It is time to introduce my guest, who I saw on the stage we're sitting on right now. I saw him last night perform, and it was fucking awesome. Joe DeRosa's here. Hi, thank you. That's nice to hear. Yes, Appreciate I say it all the time, whether I mean it or not. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured. <laughs> I know how you radio guys are. That's right. Well, you know, yeah. I, they, they're paying me, to, so I, I have to be nice to everybody. No, uh, it seriously was very funny. Very Thank funny. you. And I'd never seen you uh, live before, so that was a first. Oh, well, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm, uh, I enjoyed the show very much. It was a fun time. I, uh, I was here with my girlfriend, and she wasn't... Uh, I basically, she didn't know nothing about comedy unless I, you know, tell her, right. unless I bring her. She's <laughs> she's not dragging me here. It's the other way around. Right, yeah. So uh, I was, you know, I was pitching her on coming last night, and she was game. And, uh, well, you met her briefly after the show, and I will say, this is how I like to judge things, is how her reaction. Right. Not that she's the best judge of comedy, but um, she loved you. Oh, Thought well, you were thanks. fantastic. Thank you. I, uh, well, she's uh, she's got good taste, you know, what can I say? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually, I met the, uh, it's funny, I met the, uh, uh, I went to see the kids in the hall once, and my friend was working the show, so he got me backstage, and uh, I got to meet all of them and stuff. I ended up actually drinking quite a bit with Scott Thompson, which was hmm. really fun. No? He bit my nipple. and uh, <laughs> But anyway, uh, I, I met all of them, but but all this is my whole conversation with Bruce McCullough, uh, my friend Bjorn was like, this is Bruce, Bruce, this is my friend Joe, and Bruce was like, hi, Joe, nice to meet you. And I go, hey, Bruce, my favorite sketch tonight was the one uh, where you sang that song about, I can't remember, whatever it was. And, uh, and he goes, uh, you're a very smart man. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. And then that was it. That was <laughs> I thought you were going to say his response was, yeah, thanks, that wasn't me. <laughs> no, 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 it was him. There's only five of them. It, was, it wasn't hard to remember. I went to their live show. Was that probably about 10 years ago, maybe? Uh, I went, no, it was. They toured? I mean, they did tour 10 years ago. I went to the one that was about six years ago where they were, um, it was the tour where they did new stuff. Mm, okay. Because uh, they did, I think, two tours before that, and it was the reunion tour, and it was, and then it was a yeah. tour after that, and it was like the classic sketches with one or two or three new things. That's what I in. saw, I think. Yeah, yeah this was 100% new, yeah. start to finish. It was awesome. And it was great. Like, it, it Beyond the excitement of just seeing them do new stuff, it was really it held up. Yeah, you know, to to any of the old stuff. It isn't it awesome. great? I, I you know we're not going to spend too much time talking about those guys, but isn't it great? I know you and I are relatively the same age, and you know I was watching the show as a kid when I was it. I didn't have HBO, but I could watch it over at my friend's house. Yeah, and I remember you know like that was so different than anything else I was watching. I will crush yeah. your head. Yeah, that, to- yeah, that was that was my first um, uh, big. Comedic influence, I think. Really? Uh, well, no, that's not true. Car- Carlin was my first. Uh, you know, that was the thing that broke me in, and, and yeah. I was that was the thing that made me want to do comedy. But I mean, the kids in the hall is my god, man. Aside from Bill Cosby himself, I can't think of anything else I saw that where I was that young. I, I say Kids in the Hall was was one of the first influences because it was the first comedic television show that I was glued to. Yeah, and that was like breaking my mind open in a new way every week and i was like what the fuck yeah, that yeah. was crazy uh-huh. I, you know so i i loved it and then mr show kind of put the finishing touches Ab- on it for absolutely me, yeah you know? yeah uh-huh 
The best. Mr. Show is one of the best. I was going to tell you that I, took, I was taking notes in the dark as I was at the show last night. Okay. And uh, they're very sloppy here and upside down. Uh, here's what I wrote last night about um, my girlfriend Ashley's impression of you. I thought that you caught her off guard. Okay. And this was the line. Uh, or, uh, this is the version of something. You said something about uh, think, uh, a cat. Yes. And Fingering my cat. Fingering a cat. Yes. Yeah. Well, she, she exploded with laughter. Well, it's not as cheap as it sounds right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, the joke is, is that I, 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 I talk at the beginning of the show about how I, you know, might need to uh, cut back on drinking, and there's and there's nothing sadder to me than when somebody quits drinking. Okay. And then I say, I get it. Some of you need. Some of you out in the audience needed to quit. You know, some of you were like, "What do you want from me?" And every time I touch the stuff, I finger my cat. And it's like. <laughs> Yeah, you shouldn't drink. You shouldn't do anything. Uh, so that's that's the, that. You know what's so funny is like, I, I that's one of those punchlines where, you know, like in comedy, you have like uh, you have like the the stuff you re- really work hard on, and really try to figure out, and then you have the stuff where you're like, oh, that's good enough, whatever. <laughs> like, and that punchline was one. Clearly, where I was just like, "That's good enough." Like, I don't, I can't, I can't think of anything better right now. And it, I'm happy that it gets a nice laugh because I always felt that it was kind of a cheap, yeah, punchline. Well, that that leads me to something else. Last night, you did tell a joke, and you were like, "No, that one's so too easy. I'm not going to do that again." Yeah, that's a terrible bit. I don't even want to say it again. You don't have to. Yeah. I'm not doing these to set you up, by the way. No, I, mean, I know you're not. Uh, I really am not. Yeah, I. <laughs> That one that where I said right after, uh, what a cheap joke. When I wrote it, I remember. I remember I was sitting at my parents' house in uh, Pennsylvania, sitting at my mom and dad's kitchen table writing, and I remember typing that line as my mom was like cooking dinner or something, and like in my head being like, "That's erase that." You, uh, this is going to this. What I'm going to say next is sort of a shot at myself and uh, other people in that do my main job, which is radio. That joke, and don't be offended, but that is like radio DJ quality joke. Like yeah. when, when you said it, I was like, "This yeah. is like you know DJs yeah. come up with these." Yeah, You're, I know. yeah. So <laughs> I know it's terrible. It's terrible. It was right. I, here's the thing. I laughed. I, I chuckled. I laughed. It's some like you can sometimes. <laughs> I'll just say the joke. Okay. It's, it's a stupid joke. The, the 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 it's it's within the joke a joke that I really like. Uh-huh. But I you know it's this bit I'm doing about church and uh death and uh why i don't like funerals and um and i say you know my two least favorite things in the world are church and death for obvious reasons you know one of these things is a very uncomfortable horrific imposing you know oppressive reality whatever and then and then there's church it's just a cheap joke it's just so bad uh that's the only part of the joke that i didn't believe in and uh So if you come to the show and you hear me launch into the church and death bit, don't roll your eyes like, oh, here comes that shit uh, routine that he did on the podcast. Like, (laughs) I like the rest of it. That part is not being said ever again. (laughs) But it was so there. So sometimes you can get away with it. Mm -hmm. If you go like, yeah, come on. You you know, like if you call attention to how cheesy it is, Mm -hmm. you know, the uh, like Richard Jenny did it awesome once on uh, the Tonight Show. He talked about, uh, oh, fuck. God damn it. He, ta- he was mm. doing like this thing about Viagra. Uh, something about a pill. Like it, I'm butchering this. 
but he 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 it was like it was like something like you know a pill for sex yeah uh, you know how do you think a pill a sex pill for men would actually work uh Make him arouse for ten minutes, then he passes out for six hours. Like it was something like that, yeah. and it got a huge laugh. And he goes, "Ah, cheap joke for the ladies there." <laughs> and like he, he, you know, it, it was, it was just one of those things. Like he called out that it was kind, of, like yeah. he's like, "Yeah, I know, I yeah, know," yeah. but it was really funny, and that uh-huh. made it funnier to me. Yeah, that's good. Um, but I like, I don't know, maybe I will keep it in. I like, like. I was talking to Joe Bartnick, who's a really funny comic about like he's like the joke. You know, we're talking about the A L A L. Uh, or the, the, the uh, oh yeah the, the water challenge yeah. the bucket challenge yeah ALS yeah right yes. and um and uh, he said uh, he goes a joke that will never stop being funny to me is when somebody says like Lou Gehrig died of Lou Gehrig's disease what are the chances of that <laughs> you know like, I was like yeah I love like I love like corny punchlines yeah. like that they're funny it's old school yeah did yeah. you know Tommy John had Tommy John surgery. Tommy Johnigan? Tommy, no. Oh. Tommy John. Jesus, Tommy's got his own. (laughs) Tommy Johnigan surgery? That's (laughs) terrible. Uh, No, who's Tommy John? Tommy John was a major league uh, pitcher, and now um, that's a very common injury for baseball pitchers is uh, Tommy John surgery. Well, not injuries, but a Tommy John surgery is named after the player, and it's something with tendons in their elbow or something. Okay. So it's the same thing. All right, yeah. It's it's the same idea. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I'm sidetracking you from all your notes. <laughs> that's that's totally all right. Uh, how how many people have challenged you since you brought it up that ice bucket challenge? How many people? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Apparently, it's only a challenge for famous people. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Apparently, it's only a challenge for people that get a lot of YouTube hits. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's help the disease, but only with somebody. What what are his credits? Let me see his IMDb page, then we'll challenge people. Right. I don't know one regular person that has been challenged to it. Literally not one. <laughs> so, good to know that even uh, charity is dismissive and exclusive. <laughs> good to know. I remember we used to do a, a live show. I won't name the place. I'll have some tact. But we used to do a, a live comedy show at a uh, at a. Uh, venue in New York. It wasn't a performance venue. It was a store. And the uh, proceeds of the store was part of a big chain of places that were, uh, the proceeds were to donate, mo- were to raise money for homeless people that were HIV positive, that had no chance of treating okay. the condition. Uh-huh. Uh, and we were doing a comedy show there on Tuesdays. We charged $3 for people to get in. Uh, they kept all the money. Uh, they also had a bar where they sold drinks and things and they kept all the money we took no money for ourselves yeah. nothing for the comedians comedians were kind enough to come down and perform for free uh and in fact they took two charging comedians at the door that just wanted to come watch the show a lot of the time um and they came to us and said listen um we're gonna stop the show we're just not making enough money what? and i was like yeah i'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry i thought we were here for homeless people that had hiv uh i just kind of thought we were doing our part there's anywhere from 30 to 100 people in here every week. Um, it's a Tuesday night at yeah. 9.30. Uh-huh. And they were like, yeah, well, if we book the Moth storytelling show, we can just pack this place out. We'd rather do that once a month. Oh, sorry. Oh. Sorry that our show doesn't bring in the same talent as the Moth <laughs> storytelling show. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we couldn't wrangle... <laughs> 
you know. Are we but, losing perspective here? Yeah, we're, I'm sorry we couldn't get Renee Russo to come down here and tell us some story about, you know, when she tried out for an ice hockey team or something. Sorry, guys. I apologize. Doing our best for AIDS. <laughs> anyway. And, and I've been paying attention. Uh, we have no homeless people left because they've all died of AIDS. Oh, Jesus. So. God. I didn't know it was that kind of podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, you don't have a lot of homeless here in uh, Minneapolis, or am I just not seeing them? You haven't gone out for a walk yet today, then? Uh, I've been outside. I, I haven't seen any homeless people. Hmm. Maybe you could walk a little deeper into downtown. Well, I mean, no, I've walked the same two blocks three times. Okay. I haven't seen anything. <laughs> it seems to not be a problem here. They keep them away from your hotel. <laughs> oh, thanks, because they know I'm staying there. They're like... <laughs> <laughs> Acme's in charge of that. We keep them away from the talent. <laughs> I'm sure Acme would really appreciate you saying that. <laughs> I don't su- Acme. I don't support what he just said. <laughs> None of it's true. Uh, yeah. None of it is true. I'm glad to see you have a smile on your face because Thanks. a half an hour ago I was watching you on the internet having your heart broken on a video that you did a few years ago. Cheat. Cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a movie. Yeah. I was acting in that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, okay. I was like, does he not know that was fake? Yes. That wasn't like a documentary. Yes, I know. Uh, yeah, Cheat was a lot of fun. Uh, cheat was a lot of fun to do. Um, it was a really wonderful experience. Uh, if uh, for, for the people that have not seen it, uh, it was a short film that uh, Bill Burr and Robert Kelly and I wrote uh, that was based on a, a thing that ha- sort of happened to me. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, sure. but it's a guy trying to pull off. He's trying to pull off a caper mm-hmm. that may or may not be sex related. Let's say that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know it's a very it's a comedic like sort of heist style movie. And um, uh, Bobby and and Billy and I wrote it and uh, and produced it along with uh, a friend of mine named Lou Wallach, uh, who's currently i think at nbc uh and uh and you know it was great i I, they let me direct it and uh we all acted in it and and we we all you know put our own money into it and it was really a lot of fun man it was really really an amazing experience and i'll never forget you know like all of our friends did favors for us by acting in it for free yeah yeah like a lot of great cameos in there yeah rich voss bonnie mcfarlane colin quinn um and it was just like i'll just never forget the day um we were shooting in my apartment that I lived in at the time that Bill Burr owned, actually. Oh, wow. So, uh, uh, which is not, we've talked about that publicly before. Bill owned an, an apartment and I rented it from him when he moved out. And, uh, and I just remember being in the apartment and seeing Voss, Burr, Bobby, and Quinn, and Bonnie, uh, and being like Jesus Christ Almighty, and then like like setting up shots and being like, okay, guys, this is what we're gonna do, and Colin, you come in here, and yeah, yeah. I, I'll come out of that door, and this will happen, or whatever. And um, and I just remember being like Jesus Christ, like I, I don't know, maybe six years before that, I was still in Pennsylvania, like watching all of these people on TV in different places, yeah, and yeah. being like, I just, I just, wow, man. I hope I can maybe one day break in and do what they do or whatever. And then, like, you're in your apartment shooting a movie with these people. It was a really, really, yeah. like, great experience. That's it awesome. Was super fun. Everybody was fun. There was no... It was a tense shoot. It was, we had to do the whole thing in three days. Um, 
so it was tense. There was a lot to do, but there was never any fighting or or yelling or, or we just got it done. It was just fun, man. It was really, really fun. And you did your own stunts. Yeah, yeah. Like in the bed. There's a bed. Yeah, that's me. There's a sex scene and that really is my gut and man tits in the sex scene. That's that's all me, baby. <laughs> This is uh, now the second week in a row that I have uh, seen my guest on naked or nearly naked online. Because last week it was Matt Bronger, and he is in a music video uh, for Steel Panther. Right. Yeah, nearly nude on a toilet. Really? And now I've seen you. What's he doing on the toilet? Uh, what is he? Well, he's taking care of some business, you know, what we all do on the toilet. Is it supposed to be like he's... Like rocking out the Steel Panther while he's he, taking a the, shit. The premise of the video is he's uh, like basically having a dream that he's in the band and like getting all these chicks. And but it, so it starts off with him in the morning, right. doing his business. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, there you go. You got to see me and Bronger naked too. Who's here next week? Will I see them? <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, who's here. the next guy you get to see naked will have some semblance of a chin. <laughs> Matt and I are void of that. So uh, somebody, one of these days, you'll see a strong-jawed, strapping man. I can only naked. hope. Yeah. I can only hope. Yeah. Uh, last night, you one of the first things you were talking about was uh, some uh, food stuff that's changing yeah. in your life. And I think I just experienced yeah. outside by the bar that that's true. Yeah, yeah. I got, I don't know, I got diagnosed with... High cholesterol a few months back, and I just have to. I had to get that rechecked. I won't know what it is again until tomorrow, but I have a feeling it's not going to be better. Oh, we're right in the middle of it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, and then I, I got diagnosed with having fat in my liver. It's not fatty liver disease, but it is fatty liver. So it's reversible, apparently. Uh, and I have to. My doctor was just like, you got to make some changes, man. You can't keep doing what you're doing, which is so hard for me. You know, I just talked about this on my podcast. Like, what drives me crazy is, so he's like, you got to change everything. You got to change everything. This isn't good. It's not, it's, not a, it's not like life or death, but you got to change everything. I'm like, okay. Now, you look at me. I am by no stretch for a million miles a fucking Adonis. You know, I am not cut, you know. I, I'm not in shape. But you don't look at me and go, what a mess. No. You'd say... He's a fairly slender man. Yeah, there's a, a guy. A little out of shape, yeah, yeah. you know? Like, like, he looks like a normal dude. Uh-huh. And here I am with this situation of like, okay, well, well, there's a cholesterol, potential cholesterol issue and a potential liver issue. And it's like, I, I have a hard time believing it's that serious. I met a girl the other night. She goes, what's your cholesterol? I go, it's like, it was like 202. She goes, dude, mine's four something. How'd she, she look? Fine. Yeah. Fine. And another, my, another friend of mine was like, yeah, my cholesterol is like 295. I'm pre-diabetic. It's like, I'm nowhere fucking near that. Uh-uh. So I look at myself, and then I look at most other people, and I go, if I'm in any sort of danger, then 65% of this country's population is at death's door. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I found out, like, from another doctor friend of mine when I was talking about this liver thing, he's like, he's like, well, fatty liver is, like, he goes, that's really something just in recent years that's become a thing. Hmm. And it's like, well, is it even a thing? Or is it another one of these goddamn things where, like, everybody's up in arms about eggs all of a sudden, and then two years from now they go, you know, it's not as bad as we thought it was. 
You know, did your doctor just go to a weekend meeting in Vegas and learn about this, and then you were the first diagnosis? He did. I, well, here's the funny. I don't know. Here's the funny part, though. He goes, "Yeah, so we got to reverse that." And I go, "Okay." And he goes, "Yes, you got to change your diet." And I go, "Well, do you want to tell me how? Give me like no information, no like panic, just like you got to do. You got to change this." And I just think, here's what I'm getting at. This is the greater <laughs> point that I'm getting at. As I ramble, uh, these healthcare people, okay, and look, I, I, I know they do their best, and I have friends in the healthcare industry, and I'm not saying that they're bad people, but I think these healthcare people are so fucking scared of lawsuits and malpractice suits and, 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 and these insurance companies, it's all the same, that they create a state of alarm around anything around anything oh yeah because i've noticed that the technique with my current doctor and with doctors i've had in the past is charge in sounding the alarm and then when you start to go whoa 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 am i gonna die then they go well hold on i don't want to alarm you it's not that big of a deal you know what i mean yeah they come in hard Cracking a whip, dude! You got to change this now. And then you go, "Why? What's that? What? 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 What do I got to do? Tell me! Tell me!" And they go, "It's not that big of a deal." And then they don't give you any insight into what to do. They shuffle you off to another guy, yeah. and then the other guy is there going, um, "Well, I guess I would do this or whatever because I'm a specialist." And and then his hands are pretty much clean because it's like, "Hey, man." I'm not diagnosing you. Right. You're just sent to me with the, with the with the diagnosis from your other doctor, and I'll just tell you how I think you should eat according to what that guy said. You know, and I, I just I don't know, man. I know this country has health issues. I know we have weight issues, mm-hmm. um, and and cholesterol issues, and all these other things. But I do not think it is anywhere near as 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 in in you know the panic zone as these people portray it to be, and. I, I mean, for Christ's sakes, if I'm in if I'm in bad shape, then every fat guy I know is going to drop dead tomorrow. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like tomorrow, they're dead because that would literally be the that would be the scale, the difference on the scale. Yeah, no, no pun intended. <laughs> you know, but like, um, and I know that every fat guy I know isn't going to drop dead tomorrow. No. So, I don't know. Have you, you know, people a lot of times drive, their, drive themselves crazy researching health on the internet, and you went to a doctor. Did you go then on, online, and did it make it better or worse? Did you drive yourself crazy or calm yourself down? Uh, you know, I, 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 I have for many years looked online for health information uh, because for many years I didn't have health care. Yeah, I was going to say I'm impressed you have uh, insurance. Well, now I do because I had a writing job. Um, and, uh, and now I have health care because of it. Um, I've been lucky in the last two years. I had it last year because of acting work. I have it this year because of writing. And I think I, think I will qualify again next year for actors' health insurance, hopefully. So I'm lucky because in this job, there's no comedians' union. So right. it's like if you're not getting it somewhere else, you're fucked. And then you have to pay out of pocket. And it's, it's as we all know, not cheap. No. So like um, – but uh, anyway – the point is this: uh, the, that uh, I, um, I, I, for many years, I had to go online and research stuff myself. So I got kind of good at um, finding websites that were a little more reliable 
uh, or accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's like for instance, if you're looking for, if you start to worry like I have heart pain, you know, you go to the website that you know, you know, associ- the Association of Heart Disease or whatever dot com. Yeah, you know, that's not a thing. I'm, or maybe it is, but it's probably dot org. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you go to that website mm-hmm. and they'll they'll have symptoms and they'll explain things realistic. Maybe not Wikipedia. Exactly. Someone just changed the yeah. definition. Yeah, and in fact, I wouldn't even go to WebMD. I think WebMD is very alarming. Yeah, uh, I've heard that too. Yeah, so that that's the kind of stuff you have to look for. Don't go into chat rooms. No. You know, sometimes you have to, though. I've gone into chat rooms when I've had, like, a very weird thing happen to me, and I'm just like, I don't know how to explain this other than just describe what's happening to me in the Google search. And then, like, sure enough, like, there'll be things where people will be right. like, Hey, this happened to me and in a chat room. And then sometimes there's doctors that go in and say, like, that's probably this. I wouldn't worry about it, you know. But you got to be careful, man. You got to be careful. Oh, hell yeah. Otherwise, you'll scare the shit out of yourself. As a matter of fact, uh, I don't know if you noticed, I wore this shirt today in your honor of your false lupus diagnosis. You described. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I thought I had lupus once. I didn't have it. Uh, My girlfriend does have lupus. She does. Yes. And on the way home last night, we were talking about that joke, and she's like, tell him that that's true, that my hands really do tingle. I said, he probably researched that, and that's why he said No, it. yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought I had it. Yeah, uh, yeah lupus is uh, – that's, that's, that's one of those – it's not – I mean, it's, it's livable, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's manageable. Yeah, you know, I, she takes a huge handful of pills every night, but sure. is healthy and happy. That's yeah. great, man. Yeah, yeah. That's great to hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is. I'm wearing my T-shirt because you're the only one that can see it. I'm, we did the uh, 2013 walk for lupus in the Twin Cities here, and well, my girlfriend raised more money than any individual in the whole damn thing. Cause she walked the most or something. She hit up the right p- people with money. Got the most sponsors. Yeah, I'm so dumb. I don't even know how it works. Like, <laughs> oh, did she walk the farthest? All right, Jesus. She started in California. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. So you're still living in New York City. No, no, I live no? in L.A. Oh, you live in L.A.? Yeah. Oh, okay. I moved out there about nine months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so the uh, the Bill Burr apartment was in New York? Uh, it was, yes. Yeah, and now you're in L.A. Yeah, now I'm in L.A. That's Living good... in his other apartment. No. <laughs> I'm my own apartment now. Uh, I assume that move was for the writing job? Uh, it, well, it wasn't. It was, I moved, I, I was going to move anyway. Oh. And the writing job just kind of expedited the whole thing. Yeah. I, I decided I was going to move in January. And then I got the writing job, and I moved in October instead. So uh, the writing job, it was for the Pete Holmes show. It was a very nice way to land in L.A. Uh, and immediately be working, immediately have income, uh, immediately, you know, kind of have a few steps ahead of, you know, the position I would have been in had I arrived without a writing job. Okay. You know, that kind of makes the people around the scene go, oh, okay. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? So um legitimizes you. And then... um uh, and then also get to do stuff where you appear on television yeah. immediately. So that was, I, it sucks that that shows didn't last longer than it did. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, we did 80 episodes. I don't, I feel like we did what we were going to do. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, of course, you know, for the sake of any of my friends, particularly Pete that, you know, were involved with the show, you know, you don't like to see anybody lose a job, obviously, right. uh, or, you know, and and for his sake, I, you know, it would have been nice if it went on forever. I guess, uh, you know, like, but um, but I was like, you know, if, 
just from a writing standpoint, I was like 80 episodes. We, you know, we, we got a lot done. Yeah. You know, so like it does, it is sad when something gets canceled, but I don't know, I, I don't feel shortchanged. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't feel like, oh man, if we just had a little more time. 80 episodes was in five months was a massive amount of That is a lot. Did, did, how was the, uh, were you <clears throat> starstruck from anybody that stopped in or was it just awesome hanging out with your friends that are, you know? I mean, I knew most of the guests that came through, the athletes I didn't know, but, you know, most it was mostly comics and stuff. Uh, I was starstruck when Ray Romano came on. Really? Yeah, I've never met him. My mom's favorite TV show ever is Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh I'm also a huge Everybody Loves Raymond fan. I'm a fan of him as a stand-up as well. Um, I love Brad Garrett. I get compared to Brad Garrett a lot. Oh, yeah. Physically, Uh like people... Say I look like him. I can see that. Uh, I'm a huge Peter Boyle fan. I'm just a fan of the show. Like so, um, when he came in, well, don't I was, forget Kindler. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> Kindler too. I mean, I, 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 I became like friends with Andy recently. I saw that you were tweeting back and forth last night. That's why I mentioned that. We've become increasingly more friendly, and yeah. and like, yeah, I like that guy a lot. He's I've awesome. always been a huge fan, but it's cool to like know him now and stuff. Yeah. I, I love his comedy so much. He's been on this podcast three times already. Yeah, yeah, he's the best. Love he's him. a great guy, yeah. man. He's a, he's such a great guy. Uh, I, I, I yeah, I can't I can't say enough nice things about him. He's always been very nice to me. And, so did uh, did you get a picture with Ray Romano? And no, I didn't even meet him. You didn't even meet him. But I was in I was in all of you know when like I was like. It was just weird. I was just like standing there watching him like on the stage when they were shooting the interview and I was like, it's fucking, there he is. It's yeah. Ray Romano. You know? I think it was more for, I mean, I was excited, but it was, it was, there's something that gets me in a special way when it's my mom, when I know how much my mom mm-hmm. would get a kick out of it. For sure. That's very exciting for me uh, because I, I feel like it lets her know that I'm, um, you know, if I can get next to the guy in some way, then she knows that maybe I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like and also shows that you're paying attention to what she likes. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that that had a lot to do with it. But, but he was the one where I was like, holy shit. And then Deepak Chopra also. I was like, wow, wow that's pretty, that's pretty cool, man. You know, like that. Those were the two. I had really one kind of uh, where it was basically it was for someone else. I mean, I thought it was really cool, and I got a picture. But I I made. A Christmas card just for my grandparents when I met uh, Wally and the Beaver from <laughs> Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great when you can meet somebody that your that your elders, yeah. you know, enjoy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, and when I was a kid, my grandfather would quote that show constantly. Yeah. yeah. When I was growing up, my mom's favorite comedian was Dom Herrera. Oh yeah. And um, and again, I was also a huge fan. But my mom really like. I mean, she was like obsessed with him. She thought he was the best and um my first the first time i ever opened for anybody with any sort of fame or notoriety was dom herrera in philadelphia where he's from uh and and i opened for him at a club that i had been working at and uh he you know was awesome and i had these great shows and i like it was the first time i got to tell my mom Guess what? I made the right decision. Guess who I'm working with this weekend, and yeah. I'm getting paid for it. It was like a nice moment, you know. Um, so it's I. She gets a kick out of that when I call her and say, "Guess who I met?" You know, whatever, and like, you know, that that gets her excited and makes her feel. Yeah. Where does she know? Where, know? where does she live? 
She lives out in the East Coast still. Oh, okay. They live in. Uh, they actually live in Jersey now. They used to live in Pennsylvania until about two weeks ago. Oh wow! Yeah. And where did you grow up? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. Small suburb called Collegeville. There better uh, be a college there. What's that? Is there an actual There is a college there. there. Okay, good. Collegeville, and then the other side of the town is called Trap, which is such an appropriate name. <laughs> Trap. You can't get out? Most people don't. Most people don't. You did, apparently. Most people don't. Uh, I, I love the place. It's home, but it's, it's, it's I mean, you're, you're not, you know, I think it's a population of 3,000 people or something. You know, it's a pretty small town. Have you gone back to do gigs around there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I go to Helium in Philly um, about once once a year, once every 18 months, whatever it is. Um, and then, uh, but no, I, 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 I did, I've only twice now done shows like sort of near the town I grew up in. Like Philly's about 45 minutes an hour away. Um, I did shows once about 10 minutes away from where I grew up. I can't remember the name of the place, but they were amazing. It was the best. We had a great time. Everything you want a comedy show to be. That was great. Then another time, I did a show about 30 minutes out from where I grew up, but in the other direction, not towards Philly, like out towards the sticks. Okay. Because Collegeville was right in the middle. It was like, hey, it's going to get more metropolitan one way, and it's going to get more fucking freaky the other way. And I did a show a half hour out at a VFW in the freaky direction, and I swear... Already to, a good setting, a VFW. Yeah. I swear to God, um, I'm not joking, uh, you should know this, Pennsylvania, eastern Pennsylvania, uh, is, is one of the highest concentration, uh, concentrated, like, hate group areas. Okay. There's a lot of, like, hate groups out there. <laughs> uh, I didn't you, know that. You wouldn't know, because it's secluded to this, to this one sort of area or region, and again, you go half hour over, you're then into the area where I grew up, and you don't, it's not there. Okay. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. then you keep going, then you're in Philly, and it's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, like, so I'm out in that area, and it only took 30 minutes to get into it. And um, I was on stage, and I said at one point, what do you guys do for fun out here? And somebody said, burn crosses. And, uh, and, they weren't really joking. It wasn't like it wasn't like get it because it's like we're hicks. Right. It was like, no, yeah, man, we're fucking racist out here, and we like to get down like that. We're just spitballing here. We're yeah. throwing out ideas. What yeah. do you think? I think burn the, a cross. Yeah, exactly. I think the joke was we don't literally burn crosses, but we'd like to. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And it damn was, society. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was really fucking freaky, man. I didn't do that well on that show. I kind of bombed. And then was still upset that I bombed. That's how... Isn't that the curse of a comedian, though? That's how insecure, yeah, comedians mm-hmm. are. I was like, I bombed in front of the white nationalists. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wish I would have done better. Yeah, like, how, but it really, how happy would, have you, would you have been if you did well? You know, they invite you back. We're going to have you in the club. What do you say? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a blessing in disguise, obviously, that I bombed. I was not asked back the following year. It was a fundraiser. Not for a racist thing. It was a fundraiser for, like... But here's the thing that's weird about that area. The, a, a friend of mine had hired me because his company, which was, like, you know, like a law firm or something, 
we're doing a fundraiser, some children's charity or something. Uh-huh. It was like a very normal thing, but then mixed. Then they have it at this venue, and then mixed into it now comes the locals. And the locals are the ones that are... It's yeah. fucking weird, man. Yeah. Pennsylvania is, is a very weird state. It gets... It's... it's, it's, it's I, I, I can't explain it. Huh. It's just... It's a strange mix of people. And it's the... It's one of those states where, like I said, like you're, you're, you're in the safety zone. There are skyscrapers. You're fine. And then half hour in the car and you're like, what the fuck happened? What is going on? <laughs> We're out of Thunderdome. <laughs> We're not safe. Anything can happen out here. You know? I think you should do a documentary on that area. I'm going to pass on that. You're going to pass on that? Yeah, I don't think I need to get closer to these people and see what makes them tick. What kind of... Uh, uh, I want to go back the writing on the Pete Holmes show. What kind of writing did you do for anybody else before that? Was there any TV shows? Uh... Not a ton. Um, I I free I did some freelance writing for some stuff. Um, I, I I worked on I was a consultant. Consultant on the Victoria's Secret fashion show. That's my favorite credit that I have uh, that I've ever had. I was I was hired as a consultant. You counted the, the jewels <laughs> on their bikinis. Yeah, you know, it's like one of the weirdest gigs I've ever had. There uh, was jokes written for that. It wasn't jokes. It was. It was I, like I, I just kind of there to. You're there to consult the writing and be like, okay, well, I think maybe this might sound a little better, or I'd say it like this, or whatever. You know, it's it's, it's it was a very strange, strange gig. Who was delivering those lines? Do you even know? Yeah, it was. Um, well, Katy Perry was there. Okay. She was in one of the things. She has uh, your voice, clearly. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then I, I forget the guy's name. He's like on CSI or something, and he was the host. Oh, okay. Um, but they did They did it one year when they did it. They didn't do it like, hey, it's a live. Um, <laughs> they didn't do it like, hey, we're here. Check it out. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm, the, I'm your host, Sean William Scott, and we're going to, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That was my best reference. <laughs> I'm your host, Jason Meggs. We are at the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. <laughs> uh, they did this thing where they they did this like backstage cabaret thing where they had scripted bits, okay. where the host, again with the guy from like CSI or whatever, he was like playing a character of this like sort of suave like Dean Martin type like oh, cabaret owner. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was going room to room and, but so they'd show the thing on stage and they'd come out and do like the thematic runway walk and then it would go backstage and he would sort of set up what the next theme was going to be, but they did it more under the guise of like this fictional universe backstage. Um, it was, it was interesting. Were you at the live show then? Yeah. 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 I was there. Well, that's good. I stood next to, uh, remember, uh, Heidi Klum. No. No, who's Naomi that guy? Campbell. No, he was a singer. He was there. Uh, locked up, locked up. He was a he was a singer. He was like on, on every rapper's record for a while, and then I, I don't know. Ludicrous. No, he's a singer. Uh, um, uh, well, it's not R. Kelly because I think you would have thought of that right away. Yeah, I can't remember him last night. But. Anyway, that guy was there, yeah. and Katy Perry was there. I almost walked directly into Katy Perry. She was coming out of the bathroom area when that I was would be going all right. in. I literally almost like banged into her. She smiled. She was nice. 
<laughs> you know. Uh, and then um, who else was there? Oh, that girl Rosie, whatever from the Transformers movie, the one that replaced Megan oh, Fox. Yeah, yep. I don't even. I don't know her last name, but yeah. I stood Huntington like, or something. Yeah, I stood like two yeah. feet away from her. It wasn't my scene. I liked the people <laughs> I was working with, like on the production side, but yeah. that event wasn't really my scene. Probably not, but you know, Victoria's Secret. There's nothing really wrong with that. You mentioned your podcast. What? That was just, it was hilarious. Like watching you try to wrap that up and mm-hmm. segue out of it. I know. And not knowing what to say. No. Victoria's Secret, there's, uh, there's, there's nothing really wrong with that. Uh, your podcast is. Uh... <laughs> Go back and just put 20 seconds of dead air in there, would you please? Uh, no, you mentioned your podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Yeah, it's yeah. called Down with Joe DeRosa. It's uh, it's available on iTunes and Stitcher. It's uh, it's me for one hour talking about one topic. It's very talk radio style. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I take uh, uh, I take questions on Twitter and comments and whatever. I, I really try to make it just like old AM talk radio. Like, okay, welcome to the show. Today we're discussing uh, promiscuity, and we're gonna. I'm just gonna kind of rail about this for a while and then uh we'll go to the phones so to speak or the modern day version of going to the phones and uh and then i discuss what the people on twitter are asking or writing and and you know i like it man i don't try to make it funny i don't try to make it anything i try to just make it honest discussion uh which i think they're my whole thing with it was like there needs to be more of that in podcasting uh-huh. you know Comedians do podcasts, and there's such a focus on it's got to it's always got to be funny. It's always got to come back to funny. It's always, and then you end up with these podcasts that that function like the worst case scenarios of like a morning zoo radio show or something, and it's just it's just too much. And there's no, you know, hey man, we do whatever. You never know what you're gonna get. I, I want to know what I'm gonna get. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, you asked me. Yeah, I this. have I have I have moods that want different types of entertainment. And mm-hmm. like I, yeah. I, I you know, so I want to know if I listen to your podcast, it's for this mood. Okay? And and if you want to do a comedy one, fine. But then like have con- you know, what are the boundaries of that? Like what are, what 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 what's, what's the structure? Yeah. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of the guys like just turning on the record and 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 talking about their day and like jesus christ man like it's like like two two guys yeah two comedians from the midwest that nobody's ever heard of just (laughs) we're just gonna talk about our day who gives a shit what is the point of this you know what i mean Uh like like do something with this like make a show of Mm -hmm. some kind like have a theme put a spine through it yeah i'm uh you know, I think like the like this thing we're doing here. I mean, the whole idea with this one is uh, it's to basically promote you know the headliner each week. You know, it's a place to uh, uh, how, what am I trying to say here to, to pass the time for you guys that are in town. First of all, thank you. Yeah, do you thank agree you. with that? Do you like having something to do? Well, now that uh, I might not be drinking for a while, yeah, this is great. <laughs> Uh, 
about a week ago, I would have been like, fucking Christ, I got to go over and do a goddamn podcast. Some dude. Um, No, but tonight, today it was very nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, no, I I think like, and I like, see, like you're sitting there, you have your notes. Yeah, more than I would ever look at, but yes. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's great. Like, I think like that's great. I, I like podcasts that have like some sort of theme or structure to them. You know, there are the interview podcasts. Fine. I didn't want to do an interview podcast because there are enough, and there are enough great ones. Yeah, you mentioned and the the uh, episode of your show that I listened to the, uh, in the last week was the was it the promiscuity one? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And you started off, and I know one of the first things I heard you say was that you know it's just going to be me, probably not doing any more guests. Yeah, we had guests for a while, and and the guests it was just a very open discussion. It was not an interview. It was like you know one of my favorites was Nikki Glazer, and we talked about suicide, and we just talked about suicide and she told stories about her experience with it and and she gave her opinions on it and I gave mine and like that was it and that's how I wanted it to be and but after a while I started to think like you know you're just kind of going after everybody else's guests you know what I mean it's like it's like we're gonna you know I'm calling like Rory Scoville and I are good friends. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm calling Rory to come do my podcast. It's like, how many other people have called Rory this week to right. do their podcast? Right. You know what I mean? And like, I started to realize like, well, I'm getting called to go do other people's podcasts. And then I'm like, oh, well, come do mine. And I'm like, well, then what's the difference? You know, like we're kind of just doing each other, you know? Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to try to make this. I didn't want to do a podcast, so I felt like I had an idea for one. And when I realized, oh, I could do like what my favorite kind of radio was, which was was really just like straightforward talk radio, um, that I could do that. And then I was like, oh, I can make it even more my own if I don't even have guests. And I just kind of rail on. And I really want to get it to the point where we can do calls because I really want people to call in that don't agree with me. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're just sending thoughts. They can't hear what I'm saying. But I'd like to get it to a point where people are listening and, and, and they're not agreeing or they are agreeing because then that, then it's really like that AM. I just used to, when I delivered pizzas and I, at nighttime, I loved it. You turn it on, guy would come on. I agree. Like, you know? I totally agree. Here we go. Tonight's totally show, agree. we're talking about this. And if we do have guests in the future, we're going to do, we're going to do a respect, a series on the podcast coming up soon called Respect the Dead. And it'll be tribute episodes to people that aren't here anymore. Oh, wow. So I want to do a Zappa episode. I want to do a Carlin episode. I want to do a Lemon and Mathow episode. Um, and then I also want to do episodes for bands that have broken up. Awesome. Um, so like, I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm excited to do that. So on those episodes, I'm going to try to get guests in. You yeah. know, I'd love to get Kelly Carlin to come on, for the obviously, for the Carlin one. I'd love to get Moon... Zappa or Dweezil Zappa for the Zappa, you know, we'll see. I don't know. Um, but like, so in the, the, the specialty episodes, we'll do that. And then also like episodes in the future, like I want to get it to the point where the guest isn't the focus. Obviously on those episodes, the guest will be more, much more the focus. But uh, if I have guests come into the regular show, I don't want it anymore to be like the guest is the focus. I want I, I I don't want me to be the focus. I want it to be the people are tuning in because it because of the type of show it is. Mm, okay, that's what I want people to do. Yeah. I want them to go. I like how that show works. I like, you know, whatever I get out of it as a listener. 
And I'm not tuning in because of anybody's name. I'm tuning in because I just, I like hearing it. And then at that point, you know, if I want to do an episode about God versus the devil and the beliefs about either, I can just interview a, a priest. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a, a, a cool, hip priest that everybody kind of knows. You know what I mean? The one that plays guitar. A, yeah, it can just be a priest. And it's like, this guy knows his shit. Let's talk about it, man. Like, that that's the kind of stuff I, I really, really want to do with it, you know? So. And the beauty of doing it by yourself is you can just pretty much just sit down and record. There's not really any scheduling to worry about. Yeah, I just, I have a sound guy, and he's great, and I, I call him, and I say, when are you around this week? And we figure out a time, and that's it, you know? So, in fact, shit, I got to do one this week from out here. I was going to ask you that. What, when's the next Actually, one? Actually, can I come down here and do it? <laughs> this system? Probably. I was going to do it on my iPhone. Mm. I should just do it right here. That Derek's your guy. You'll have to talk to him about that one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, people, when people groan in the audience of a comedy show, mm-hmm. does that bother you? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It does bother me um, because I, you know, I say to myself, I'll grow up or you know, get over it or whatever. But at the same time, I have to realize, like, people groaning isn't always a judgment. It isn't always a judgment. It isn't always people... The the groan, when you're receiving the groan, it always sounds like, oh, come on. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. That's not always what it is, you know? A lot of the time, it's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. I love that you said that. Yeah. I'm in shock. Uh Uh-huh. So... Um, you know, I, it doesn't annoy me as much as it used to, um, because I, I, I have to think back to like the time before I was a standup, I would listen to, you know, David Cross, for instance, and, and I love David Cross mm-hmm. and he said things that made me go, Oh my God. Yeah. True. You know, where if I was in a comedy club seeing him, I might have groaned, but not in a groan like you know, in, in a negative way, yeah, like yeah. in a, in a, in a awestruck kind of way. So, you know, like I, I think that's all it is. There's a, there, I, but you know, it's hard to tell, but I mean, that's what's so funny to me about comedians. Like we're so, we're so egocentric that like an audience, like a room full of people groaning in unison and we're still like, don't fucking groan at me. You're wrong. You know, like, <laughs> You know, every one of you. Yeah, we all do that. We all do that. So um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think it just depends. There, like I got a groan the other night that bothered me because hmm. I said I was I, I'm working on this whole thing about death. And uh, I said, I said, death, people think they can strategize death. They think they can negotiate and and you can't it's just going to come when it comes it's coming randomly for all of us mm-hmm. and I said, death isn't death isn't the irs it doesn't call you and say we might audit you so where are your receipts and let's talk and whatever <laughs> death uh death is a gang rape it's coming to take you by force whenever it feels like and i i it's not a funny point but i think it's a, a valid point and um and uh i said that and a lady went oh come on like that's the kind of groan that bothers me. It's like, oh, what? So I can't... I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to reference what a gang rape is? Yeah. Then, then it's annoying to me. Then it's like, oh, fucking get over it, lady. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
You know, like, come on. Like, this is, you know. And then that makes me feel, because, and I know I can only feel how I let myself feel. Uh, <laughs> no one can make me feel in any way. But, like, you know, that, that causes me to feel then, like, well, what did I cross a line? Am right. I being... I mean, we're not in a one-on-one conversation. I wouldn't say that to you one-on-one in a conversation because it's too aggressive. Yeah. But I'm on stage, and this is a show and a presentation. I, isn't it okay that I say that? Like, why? what's so bad about what I said? Yeah. I'm not discussing rape, you know? You're and promoting it. And it's merits. Yeah. I mean, that, okay, then if you want to grow, okay, maybe I get you then at that point, you know? Right. That kind of bugs me. That kind of bugs me. I, I remember when I first started out too. I did. A, I used to do a joke about Superman, where I'd said, where I said, you know, we're not. I said he he sh- Superman shouldn't do anything for us, you know. Like he, he he came here and we enslaved him into public service, and people there would be like random people that would groan because I said enslaved. What? Yeah. Okay. It's like so you're just like shit like that. Yeah. You're like, come on, what the yeah. fuck? The, yeah, you always have to keep in perspective those same people, you know, they once a day they're bitching about something that, you know, they don't agree with. That's the way I try to rationalize yeah. things like that. Yeah. It's just it's just the type of person. I mentioned to you before we started recording that you and I had a uh a we had a discussion, I think it was probably three, four years ago, probably. Right. We had a little uh, a friendly battle on the air at KQ at, the, at my uh, main job. Okay. And see if this, uh, if you remember now, it was about Star Wars. Okay. You were defending. Of course I was. The first three episodes. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, I, I've, as I often do. As you often do. Yeah, and yeah. you were attacking them, I assume. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that Here's the only reason I don't remember the debate. I've had it a million times. nine thousand yeah, times. Yeah. yeah, and I'm it's always the same debate. I love I'm it. Always you, defending. You it. just went, and you were de- and you were defending it, right? Or uh, you were ripping it, right? Huh? Yeah, it's, <laughs> you just did that. Huh. that's all everybody uh-huh. does. Uh-huh. I have a bit. I have a bit. Uh, I don't do it all the time because it's it's a little too um, uh, inside. But I have a bit where I defend George Lucas. And I, this is because I got so tired of having the argument. I finally wrote a bit where I defend him oh, okay. and attack the people <laughs> that shit on the prequels, that shit on the last Indiana Jones movie. But it's more about how people shit on him and dismiss him. Like, you know, like this attitude now of like, oh, new Star Wars coming out. George Lucas isn't involved. Thank God. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. Yeah, I don't you agree with that. I don't agree with forever. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, yeah, but I, I'm sure we did have that debate, and I'm sure I was right. <laughs> I, I, I'm I mean, sure. we'll bring, let's talk about it. What was? Well, how about this? Are you excited that, uh, for for the new ones with J.J. Abrams? Do you trust him? Do you care? Yes. I'm. Ex- I can't. It's hard for me to put into words how excited I am. Uh, really, awesome. it's the most excited in my life uh, I will ever be about a movie. Um, it's one of the things in my life that I will just be the most excited about. Like there will be very, very, very few things that will ever again, get me this excited. Um, and when people, I remember, I I remember talking to, uh, I was on red eye once with Jim Norton and I, and it was when they announced it and everybody was making fun of it. And I was like, I'm so excited. And Norton was like, why? And I go, because I go, do you understand? Star Wars was my Beatles. Mm hmm. 
Okay, that was my Beatles. Absolutely. And the news of this happening, it's not just Star Wars fans thought there will never again be another Star Wars movie. Number one, I've been thinking that since I was ten. Yeah, right. Number two, Star Wars fans thought if there is, it will never be with the original cast members in any way. Right. So the news that not only are they making a new trilogy, but it is also going to feature the new cast members. I was like, that is literally like somebody saying to a Beatles fan, like the biggest Beatles fan, um, we just found a vault and there are potentially an unlimited number of new Beatles, unreleased Beatles, complete Beatles albums in it. And yeah. we're going to start releasing them. Yeah. It's it's impossible news. It's impo- or an impossible reality that became real. And uh, and I, I just couldn't be more excited. I'm I'm so excited. I'm like kind of not reading anything about it. I'm not either. I'm avoiding most, most yeah. pictures I'm trying to avoid. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, but the but the news that the the, the new the, the little news I have received has excited me. You know, like the announcement that Han Solo is a, a primary character and not just a supporting character was incredibly exciting to me. Um Michael Arden leaving the the production was I was bummed to hear that, but then when I heard it was because mainly because J.J. Abrams and he disputed over the importance of the or the significance of the old characters in the story versus the new characters, and J.J. Abrams insisting the new characters have to be in the foreground, or the old characters have to be in the foreground of this first one. Mm. Like, we have to give the fans one last hurrah. Like, I'm like, that. yes, perfect. J.J. Yeah. Abrams gets it, man. He's yeah. like a fan. Those Star Trek movies are fucking awesome. The The first one he did is better than the second, but both are really I think the good. second one is the best Star Trek movie ever. Really? Yes. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely, it it only only to be rivaled by the original Wrath of Khan. Uh huh. Yeah. Only to be rivaled by that one. That movie was amazing, and they, I can't believe I literally can't believe that there are people that say it's the worst Star Trek movie ever. Wrath of Khan. No. Oh. The, the Into Darkness. Oh, it's not, not uh, of all of them. There are people. There were several people online that no, said no. Star Trek Into Darkness is the worst Star Trek movie ever made. No. Which is fucking crazy. No. Which is fucking crazy. Star Trek 1, the original movie, stinks. Look, and I'm a huge fan of the original Star Trek. Star Trek 1 is boring. Super slow. It's slow. It's not exciting. It has none of the humor. It stinks. Star Trek 2, Wrath of Khan, awesome. Star Trek 3... Kind of boring. That was Search for Spock. Search for Spock. Yeah. Has its moments. It's worth sitting through to get to the point where Spock at the end goes, you are my friend, and it plays the Star Trek theme. I just got chills. I'm just going to tears. That part's great. Yeah. yeah. It's worth it, but that's a long road to get to that. It's kind of like watching Unforgiven. It's a long road to get <laughs> to the finally when Clint Eastwood is going to kill everybody right. again at the end. Right, right. <laughs> Star Trek Four, awesome. Star Trek Five, uh, not very good, but tolerable. Uh, Star Trek Six is great, and Star Trek, the original J.J. Abrams, the first one, uh, was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Into Darkness was fucking awesome. It was awesome how they hid the reveal of Khan. That's true. Until it actually got into the theater. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome how they 
set up that like we're going to live in we're living parallel realities now because of time travel in the first movie and then in the second movie uh Kirk sacrifices himself instead of instead of Spock sacrificing himself and Spock like has to avenge Kirk like dude it was fucking yeah awesome yeah. i loved it I, benedict, benedict cumberbatch was amazing was amazing. I, I just I, I thought it was awesome, man. Damn. I loved it. You got me pumped for Star Trek now, and that doesn't normally happen for Star Trek. Well, yeah, you, you make me want to go watch that movie again, Maybe dude. I, you got it. I, I, I saw good it, it twice in the theater, and I was like, "This movie is fucking awesome." And I swear to God, the whole time I was watching it, all I was thinking was, "God damn it, why isn't this a Star Wars movie?" <laughs> right. The whole time, that's all I was thinking, and I, I still loved it because it, for for what it was for itself, but. And then, J.J. Abrams. Six months later, whatever they yeah. announced, J.J. Abrams is they're going to do new Star Wars, and J.J. Abrams is directing yeah. it. And I was like, this is the best case scenario. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome, fucking awesome. I've taken up a lot of your time. Is there anything else that we should mention that you're working on, or doing, or in uh, the future, past, present? I have a new album coming out on oh, sept- duh. Yeah. My September second. Uh, it's available for pre-order now on iTunes. Its official release is September 2nd. It's called Mistakes Were Made, The B-Sides. It's a, a double album of material from the last, like, seven years just that was collected randomly. Oh, really? And recorded that never really got released or didn't make it to the album or whatever. So, so you know, it's kind of like a... It's my... It was it was inspired by the the rarities collections that my favorite bands put out. I mm. love when bands do that. I think it's so cool. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, I got all this shit laying around. Why not? And at the shows here, you're selling. The shows here, I'm selling. You will die, which yeah. was my last like official album. Okay. And then the show I'm doing tonight uh, on stage is, you know, the beginnings of what the next official hour. Yeah, I heard. On my, I know on stage last night you said that you know if you buy the CD, you're not. It's not stuff you heard. No, no, this is all different here tonight, and I'm just trying to figure out what this next hour is going to be. So, you know, hopefully it's good. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, yeah. I mean, it seems to be going well. Yeah, you were out uh, you, after the show yesterday. You were, you were out uh, selling them, and uh, I, my girlfriend, and I hit the door as quick as possible to try to beat the crowd. And the first person I heard say something to you was, love the podcast. Yeah, that was nice. It's nice. People are starting cool? to, yeah, people are starting to come to the shows and say, hey, wait a minute, we really like the podcast and stuff. So, you know, it's weird. It's, 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 I don't know what's going to happen because it's a, weird, it's a weird approach for a podcast for a comedian because it's not, again, it's, there's, it's, there's not a focus on funny. It's not not funny. <laughs> I try to keep the conversation entertaining and it, and, and it, it is funny at times, but like, uh, not not funny. Yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. People seem so far to be liking it. No, I I I I've, I'll admit I've only listened to one. Yeah, well, thanks. I'll I'll go back and at least download the rest of them. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, I liked I liked what I heard. Enjoy it. Uh so Joe, thank you. Thank you. Um will you one last question, will you be uh I suppose you can't head over to the Minnesota State Fair uh with all the fried food now. Is that the meanest thing I could have asked? No, no, man. Uh, people keep asking me if I'm going to go. Uh, I, I, I might go just to get out of the house. I, I was going to try to go Saturday because today I had this and I have some work to do. Tomorrow I have radio in the morning and then I have work to do. And I was like, well, Saturday I'll go. It'll be like a fun last day thing. And then it's supposed to rain all day. So I'm probably not going at all. Can't win. 
Yeah, exactly. Can't win. Fuck it. Fuck them. Fuck the state fair. <laughs> I'll go in your honor. How about Thanks. that? In go your, ahead. In your place. Fried Coke or whatever they have over there. And, you know, enjoy it. Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. Yeah. Joe, thank you. Thanks for having me, man.